Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock. Goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground. It's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall. Ellis. Left corner. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Held the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh. Through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out. Feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis, pull up jumper, Cody Ellis, bang, Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver, Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another week and we might not have had any NBL action over the past week to talk about Cody but I don't think we're going to have any trouble finding things to talk about. So we saw the Boomers in action in their one game against Kazakhstan and they're not in their second game which we'll talk about. There's a lot happening at Melbourne United. Dean Vickerman's been outspoken, they've got their new import announced and signed and a big announcement from Isaac Humphreys which we'll talk about as well. We'll talk about some of the moves from other clubs across the league that maybe we haven't seen as many as we thought over the last week, Cody. We'll go through our team-by-team recap. We'll give our award winners what we've seen so far. I'll chat with Matty Knight and get his thoughts on on everything that's going on. He's always happy to, to share his thoughts. The scoring machine, Cody. He's number 42. is finally going up on the rafters. It's been a campaign ever since we started things here at Hoops Evans Basketball Hustle, so it's nice to see that finally happening. And we'll then get to some previews of... Upcoming action, we're all back into it Thursday night in the NBL, Cody. So I'm Chris Pike, good to be with you again. And, and Cody, it's been a bit of a quiet week, not not much basketball action to see, not as many moves as we saw, but still plenty for us to get through. Oh, absolutely. There's uh, still still a lot going on, which, uh, you know, is, is uh, the NBL to a T, I think. Hmm. So, look, I'm certainly looking forward to, to some games coming back, but uh, we've got a fair bit to talk about still. Absolutely. Um before we get to some things in more detail, were you surprised that we didn't see as much movement from some of the clubs across the last week? We we probably thought this was the time teams were waiting to make their moves, and it started with a bang with Craig Randall leaving yeah. the 36s, but we haven't seen a lot since. So we've seen Marcus Lee confirmed at Melbourne United, but not a lot else has happened. Yeah, not a whole lot. Um, look, I think we probably expected a few more moves, mm. but it's also a tough time of year to... To find players, you know, because yep. every other league around the world is is um, up and running, and mm. everyone's got a job already. So mm. it's uh it's tough. Jalen Adams is probably the one that we thought mm. might yeah pop around somewhere. Yeah, but um yeah, look, I think it, it's it's a tough decision because um you know it's really it's uh, a season defining decision at this point Absolutely. of the year, yeah. and. Uh, I think teams are probably being a bit cautious, um, trying to find the right person. But yeah, look, I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't a bit more movement. Hmm. So we still don't know about Jalen Adams. We mm. don't know if he's going to come to the NBL or not. We spoke last week about the three potential teams he could land out, whether it's Melbourne United, mm. Brisbane Bullets or the Adelaide 36ers. A week on, do you think we're more or less likely to see him sign up one of those teams? Uh, tough to say. Mm. Tough to say, really. I think it's got to be right for him. And with all the comments that, that came out, from him saying that, well, Sydney's mm. home. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think, 
I'm sure teams all reached out to him. Mm. So, but I'm, I'm pretty sure his price tag would be a, a fairly hefty yeah. one. Now, before we get to some of the more news of the week, let's get to the scoring machine, mm-hmm. Cody, because Sean Redditch will have his number 42 hanging from the rafters forever at RAC Arena once that ceremony takes place on his 42nd birthday. So we, I, I remember we did a show celebrating his 40th birthday here on on the show a couple of, couple of years ago. Obviously, we started this podcast. I started with Sean and he gave me the name. So mm-hmm. he used to have a nickname in college, Charlie Hustle. And when we were trying to come up with a name for this show, he wanted to call it Basketball Hustle on the, right. on the back of that. So that's how all of that happened. I mean, I, I think about my history with him. And when I started working in, you know, covering the NBL, he was... He was the superstar at the yeah. Wildcats. He was the scoring machine. He was, you know, going for almost 30 points a night and, and setting Challenge Stadium alight. He then, you know, was the captain on the championship team when I was working at the Wildcats. And, you know, what, 12 years later, we're, I've still, you know, got a pretty good bond with him. And mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, as we did a couple of years of this, of this podcast together and hopefully we finally get to finish a book one day too if, <laughs> if we can, can get around to it. He's got a fascinating life story to tell. But it's just one of those things that, it was just a matter of when, not if, his yeah. number was going to be retired, and it seems like a good time. Yeah, I think so. And uh, look, huge congratulations to Sean. That's an uh, amazing achievement. And um, look, especially for a guy that had a gruesome injury partway yeah. through his career, yeah. and to, to come back and still be the uh, the absolute menace he was on the court, mm. um, it is is awesome, awesome to see. And recognition is is, is something that. Uh, is uh, certainly makes you feel good, and I mm. think uh, he'd be he'd be loving life right now with that, and it's uh, certainly well deserved. Now our plan is to catch up with him to do a bonus show th- this week as well, and get his thoughts on on everything. So we won't spend too much more time on him, but we also don't want to say anything when we're talking to him to make his head any bigger than <laughs> than it already is. But can you talk about what, as someone that has such an understanding of the Wildcats' history, obviously, Cody? Where do you think Sean sits in all of that? When we talked about our 40th anniversary teams last year, he was he was one of the first that we all mm-hmm. picked in in our in our starting lineups. Where do, where do you, where does he sit in the in the Wildcats history? It's a tough one because the games change so much. Mm. It's it's really hard, and this is you know part of the reason that I hate the MJ and LeBron yeah. debate is yeah. because of, of how different the games are now. Yeah. Look, he he's certainly up there as one of the better scorers mm. in league history. Mm-hmm. You know, just one of those guys that just can go out and score at will basically but look i mean he's i think number seven going up in the rafters i think yes yeah so you know that's i think that's just proof in the pudding Mm. and and yeah look, he'll he'll go down as as one of the all-time greats of the Mm. club for sure and yeah look i'm not 100 percent sure where where you'd rank him among Mm. among the greats of the club already but um he's certainly up there how much did you hate playing against him? Oh, I, I've, never sp- I've never spoken to a single person that enjoyed playing against him. That doesn't mean I didn't respect him. No. But absolutely hated playing against him. Are you the same? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, add me to the list because, uh, look, he was. He was a nightmare to guard. Um, mm. You know, he just he could score in any way and then just, you know, yeah, it was just it – w- it was always frustrating playing against him. Mm. And then, you know, especially with the um, crew around him as well, yeah. there was never a let-up. So mm. – yeah, always one of the harder guys to guard because you just you didn't know how he's going to score. Um, so yeah, it was it was always uh, tough but fun. And you couldn't escape him in the SBL either. No, I know, I know, <laughs> couldn't get away from him. So. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll speak to Sean later later on this week and re- release a bonus episode as well. Um, last one on that, who's next to go up? Is it Damien Martin? Yeah, I think it has to be. Yeah, I, yeah, I think hands down. So that's my two previous co-hosts on. Hoop Seven's basketball hustle, Cody. Um, mm. Where did your Where did your number twenty four get retired <laughs> first? Jeez, I couldn't tell you, mate. Does, does it get retired at St. Louis? I uh, don't know. 
Don't know about that. Mm. Not sure. Not sure. It'd be awesome. But uh, yeah, not, not 100% sure. Goes up at Warwick Stadium pretty soon, doesn't it? As soon as you finish playing. That'd be nice. Yeah. Next to, next to next, your dad. Next to the old man. Yep. yep. Um, all right. So, yeah, well done to Sean and we'll catch up with him later. But probably the biggest news of this week is Isaac Humphreys, Cody, coming out and making his announcement of, mm-hmm. of the horrible time that he's been through, the challenges yeah. he's had, and then the announcement of his, of his sexuality. Before we give our comments, why don't we take a listen and, and we can give our response. Uh, look, this is going to be probably one of the hardest conversations I've ever had in my life, but life's about doing hard things and learning from them and making a difference through those hard times. So bear with me, um, but I have some things I want to fill you in on and let you know about myself and, and my future. A few years ago, I fell into a very dark place, a very lonely place. I couldn't be who I am and, and I attempted to take my life. And the main reason behind me becoming so low and, and being in that point is because I was very much struggling with my sexuality and coming to terms with the fact that I'm gay. And I hated it about myself. I was disgusted at myself. I thought that I could not be that person within our environment, within a basketball environment. And it wasn't until I was in a community that's full of pride and happiness and joy. And it was a big wake up call for me. But then came the big you know, question mark of how do I be a basketball player and how do I join a new team? when I've finally come to terms with this about myself and I don't want to hide who I am anymore. I decided that if I'm going to join a team that I'm going to come out publicly and just just make sure people know sorry, that you can, you can live and you don't have to hide just because you're an athlete. But I do want to say, you know, like we as athletes, as professional athletes, we have a responsibility to set examples for people. And the truth is there are so many people in other worlds that are struggling every single day and don't know how to get up, don't know how to exist. And I know how that feels and I want to represent those people. That's my goal behind this. Uh, Make sure people know that you can be whatever you want, no matter who you are or what you do. You can be big ice and be gay and you can still be a great basketball player and be gay. You can do whatever you want. It has nothing to do with your sexuality or who, who you are or who you're meant to be or who you're expected to be. I just want to be myself. I've discovered this is my purpose in life and I'm going to give it my best go. Hard not to probably feel emotional hearing that, Cody, yeah, with everything that he's been through. What's your what's your first reactions when you heard it? Oh, look, it's um, it's certainly a very courageous decision on his mm. his his, uh, his part. Um, you know, I think that's it's awesome that he's been able to come out and express who he is and talk about the things that he's gone through in the past. And I've gone through my own mental health issues and all that sort of stuff for different reasons and. It's it's not a fun place to be. So I can I can imagine that uh, you know he's he's been in some fairly dark places. Um, and to see that 
you know, he's he's able to be so forthcoming with it now and um, I guess kind of step out of that darkness a bit. It's it's awesome. It, it's really good to see. And, um, yeah, I, I think that while strides have been made in this in this area, I think there is still so much that needs to be accepted and become the norm. But I think that for Isaac to, to be able to do this now and, and um, hopefully, you know, set an example for, for people that are struggling, um, you know, not just in the basketball world or in the um, sports world, but mm. just people in general who are struggling and, you know, can't accept who they are or, or don't want to, um, that it, it, it's okay. It, it doesn't matter. And I think that, um, you know, being who you are in this world is so important. And I think mm. accepting that is, is obviously the, the first step in that. And, um, yeah, I think it's just a really good example um, mm. for, for people. Yeah. I mean, the thing that really stood out to me was the fact that rather than make public or accept who he was, he actually thought about ending his life. Mm-hmm. That, that's how serious he, he was feeling and how much it got to him. And I, I just hope that we're changing as a society. And I think sport's always probably been the last piece of society yeah. to catch up on this and for especially male sports to accept gay players. I mean, it just hasn't quite become as accepted no. as we hope. Do you feel like it's starting to change or is this the first step, in a, certainly in Australian professional sport, for it to, to start to become something that maybe it doesn't have to become news if someone's gay. It's just a... A normal thing. Yeah, look, and I think especially in the sports world and the, the male sports world, it's all about being the head honcho and being mm. the macho and which is just especially in this day and age, like it's that's not what it is at all. Like mm. it's so I, I'm hoping that uh this is the this is the start of, of that, um, mm. becoming just accepted and, and the norm, like we said. Yeah. Um and that, you know, it, it shouldn't have to become news like this um but someone had to start it like Mm. that and um you know obviously proud of of the way isaac did it and Mm. it's um it's it's good to see i feel like we have the right intentions but i think the reality might be a little bit different you're better place because you've been part of team environments Mm. is is the reality a little bit different where the blokey culture in australia still maybe it's still very tough for someone to have the courage to come out and and would he be as accepted in a club environment as we hope that he would be? Look, it's it is. It's very much a blokey environment. Mm. You know, I think you worded that perfectly there. Um, and it's tough because you know it's it's one of those things that more it's it, you're more thinking about what others would think of you, right? Yeah. And especially like s- stuff like going on the road and and rooming with people. Mm. I think is probably the the difficult to get over I, I i would imagine and um look it's 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 got to be a tough one and like you said hopefully it's it's something that uh kind of starts to roller coaster now and it's it's uh all moving forward rather than um taking any more backward steps yeah do you know isaac at all have you come across him too often not too often no mm. no I've, I've played against him before but yep. uh but not not too often so mm. All right, yeah. I just think congratulations to him for having the courage to do it. And also, I assume it must have been a big part of him joining Melbourne United where maybe when he's signing there, he says, look, because he talked about how when he went to a new club, he Mm -hmm. wanted to be somewhere where he could make this announcement. So full credit to Melbourne United for giving him the support on this platform as well because I assume it was part of the the deal for him to go there where they would give him the chance to come Mm -hmm. out and do this. So congratulations for what, what 
they've been able to do. But also, so far, I've only seen gen- generally positive responses, and, yep. I, and I hope that's how it stays. Oh, absolutely. And you get the odd person here and there, but, you know, they're the anomaly. And Well, the people that are not willing to put their actual faces and names to their comments, well, exactly. those are the people. Those that are, are the people that will yeah. say something, but, you know, they're the ones that you've, you've got to try and ignore. And, yeah. look, overwhelming positivity, I think, um, coming out of this. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's awesome. And, yeah, again, congrats mm. on on, uh, on all of it. And, yeah, look, I think that, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's something that I'm sure he – feels a massive weight off his oh, shoulders absolutely. as well. I, I, yeah, I can only imagine yeah. the relief that he feels that he's no longer you know, carrying that burden. Mm. Um, let's stick with Melbourne United, Cody. Um, the biggest kept secret for, for, for a month now, and we've talked about it every week, is that Jordan Caroline, we weren't going to see him again yeah. at, at Melbourne United. I, I don't know why they waited so long to confirm his, his departure. I'm not sure what they were trying to achieve, but he's gone. They found their replacement, Marcus Lee, played his college basketball at Kentucky, more recently played... Played in Spain. What he gives them is a big body. He's got length. He's got size. He'll be able to rebound for them, give them a bit of a defensive presence. Looks like he's the type of player that exactly we were expecting them to find. Yeah, and look, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, haven't seen a whole lot of, of uh, film on him. But, um, yeah, look, like you said, I think size, rebounding, length, bit of def- defensive effort is what they were missing, especially with, with Huck Porty being mm. out. So... Look, it on paper it looks like a great signing. So, um, you know, hopefully he can slot in fairly seamlessly for them and um, get them get them rolling again. Now, Dean Vickerman also came out this week, Cody, and had a had a bit bit to say. Why don't we take a listen to that and then I'll get your reaction. You know, the social media one. You know, I'll challenge you on. You know, the commentators this year and the amount of people that have come out and, um, you know, different commentators. And we see Corey Hommel, Side Williams, has a has a viewpoint to say, <laughs> yep, I've got to be controversial. And, and now we've got Damon Lowry doing the same thing. And, you know, that all comes back to social media, mental health, and, you know, people just trying to get clickbait by making crazy comments. Mm. So... Yeah, we've certainly we've certainly uh, got good education on that as a group, and, and and we'll speak about it regularly as a team. Just about whatever's said, it doesn't matter. Whatever's said in this room, we'll 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 talk about. So just on that, oh, it's a really interesting answer, great answer. The, the kind of the business of the league and the fizz and the bars. I think it was Adelaide the other night had a record home attendance yeah, against nine, Perth yeah, over nine thousand. thousand. Yeah. It was they never had so many in their stadium before. I, I take your point. Absolutely, that you just made. But does that all add, all that stuff, all the stuff on the outside, whether you try and let it get in or hold it at bay or whatever it might be, does that add to the overall product? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'd I'd like to see a better balance about uh, having more coaches in commentary where they can talk about, you know, more about the analytics of the goal, the analyst, you know, really good analyst, what's going on in the game, not about, you know, this guy's bad tonight and so let's get on him, you know. I just I just want to see a far better balance about finding the positives in our basketball, the great product that we have on the floor. And then if we play poorly, hey, I expect people to criticise my team if we have 20 turnovers and, and, <laughs> and get down by 25 points. And that's, that's going to happen. That's a part of the sport. But I'd love to see a better balance. Okay, Cody. That was that was Dean Vickerman talking on SEN. Um, I think he makes some fascinating um, comments about getting a better balance in the overall comments, but also in in commentary. 
Where do you want to start in your response? Ah, there's there's uh, lots to unpack there. <laughs> but look, I think he uh, every point he made was spot on. Mm. Um, I think the commentary team um, and and how they go about it, I think, is certainly all part of the the production package mm. and and the draw card for for the NBL um, or the, just the people watching in general. I think. Yeah. Um, and you know you got lots of people that watch the NBL that don't know a whole lot about basketball. Mm. So to have these guys that that come in and and kind of make those outlandish statements and stuff is is a bit of a draw card for for the yeah. general public. But you know, as a team, I think it's <laughs> it does get a bit ridiculous. Mm. But you do tend to not let that stuff in, yeah. right? You hear it, but you kind of just brush it off, mm. right? And I think. It, it's tough, especially in the day and age that we're in with social media and, mm. and how you know relevant it is. But again, it, it's something that you're like, okay, well, homicide, for instance, mm. that you know he'll he'll make a statement one week and then flip <laughs> it on its head and make yeah. a different statement next week. But that's that's part of his draw card, mm. right? Is is yep. making those statements and and being that controversial kind of commentator. And He's then, made a made a, a nice living out of, absolutely. Out of doing it. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. And you know, it's something that like as a as a player was frustrating to be part mm. of. Mm. But you know, as someone now looking on the outside, it's like I understand where the league comes from in having him mm. part of it. Obviously, he ruffles some feathers, and <laughs> yeah. I think Damon Lowry's starting to become that mm. that person as well. Mm. Um, but y- you need someone like that, I think, I mm. think, just to kind of liven it a bit. But like Dean said, love to see, mm. you know, some coaches or some ex-coaches like Gazy and, and Copes even yep, yep. that I think they bounce off each other really well in the commentary box. I think one thing we don't get a lot of is – commentators putting themselves into the coach's mind, trying to tell us what the coaches are thinking or what the coaches are trying to do. We don't seem to get a lot of that. We're getting a lot of the more outlandish statements about, you know, who's good and who's not and all of that. And almost commentators trying to play a character rather than analysing the game. But we've got to have some former coaches around that would be able to to add some insight. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's what Dean was alluding to in, Mm. like, can we talk about the game, you know, and and what's happening? Like, Mm. what do you think the coaches are thinking right now? Like, what... What strategies are they thinking bringing on this guy instead mm. of this guy at this point? Mm. And I guess delving a bit deeper into the game rather than just what is straight in front of you on the yeah. screen. Yeah, it's a fascinating one. From a player's point of view, when you were playing in the league, or even if you watch back your NBA One games now, do you, I'm fascinated. Do you watch it with the commentary on, or do you turn the sound off? Oh no, sound off usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's um, look, I. Couldn't care less um, what people say, especially about, you know, me and my game. Um, I've heard it all before, so it doesn't really bother me too much. But, um, you know, some of the stuff that, that people talk about does get a bit cringe and, and tough to listen to. Was it worse in college? Uh, no, okay. no, it wasn't. You know, especially when we were playing at home, we had a, a couple guys that mm. uh, were amazing in the commentary yep. box and uh, they were just all energy. We, and it was, we can probably hear them yes, on, our, yes on the start of our show, you can we? You certainly can. You certainly can. Raymer and Earl, mm-hmm. those two were, uh, were amazing. And uh, yeah, look, it, it's, it's one of those things that when I was in college, social media wasn't really that big of a thing. Mm. You know, it wasn't this platform to, to be outspoken on. So yeah. you didn't really hear that side of things so um but no i think especially over in the states they're a lot more in-depth with the game and yeah. and um especially on the college level um so i think and and look nbl commentary has come a long way it's oh, come a long way even in yes. the past four or five years yeah. so um hopefully it keeps trending in the right direction and we we do get 
some coaches or some ex-coaches in there that can dive deeper. I reckon when you started, we weren't even at a point where every game was televised. No, we, were, not did, we were dealing with some games being live streamed and yeah. a, a couple of local guys <laughs> doing the commentary. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Mm. You know, and that's just proof of how far that it's come so far, mm. even in that 10 years. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's really good to see. So hopefully it keeps uh, keeps going in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so last thing I want to touch on in this first segment, and then we'll get to our season review after the first six rounds, Cody. Um, the Boomers, we expected some big blowouts. They only ended up playing the one game on Friday night in Kazakhstan, and it was exactly as we expected with a with a big a big win. Um, the team played well. I mean, as we expected, they got the job done. And what it meant was that they qualified for the World Cup on the back mm-hmm. of that win. They've won all nine games in their in their qualifying matches. Um, what it also meant was that the game against Iran that was scheduled for Monday night would no longer take place because the Australian government has given out their, their ruling that all non-essential travel to Iran is something they don't recommend or yeah. they strongly discourage right now. And obviously that includes a, a, includes a national sporting team. So the Boomers made the decision not to go. I think it's pretty obvious why mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when you have a look at what's going on in that country and if your own government's telling you not to. Did they make the right choice? and? What do you think FIBA will do in response, if anything? Oh, 100% the right choice. You know, at the end of the day, the the safety of the players is, is you know, the, the highest priority, right? And, you know, obviously with, with everything going on over there right now, it, Basketball Australia deemed it not safe. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, yeah. there's an under-19 Worlds tournament that's meant to take place there. Yeah. And we've already ruled out the Aussie boys going over yeah. because of, of what's going on. Yeah. Be interesting to see if FIBA does hand out sanctions for yeah. that. Um, they've also got to have some sort of common sense and yeah. just be like, well, okay, like I'm sure Australia aren't going to be the only country that yeah. don't send teams there. Well, I can't imagine any country justifying going to Iran right now. No, exactly. And, you know, as, as the body of basketball, I think they need to make a decision and, and probably move that. It's hard with a world world tournament like that, but it's something that you've got to do because of, of what's going on. And player safety is is mm. the number one priority over, over everything. So be interesting to see what FIBA does with these. I'd be surprised. When it relates to this game, if you're Iran, surely you're happy with what happened because yeah, got to win. If, the, if, the, if the boomers turn up, they're probably going to win the game by 40, but Iran gets the win. Yeah. It might even help them qualify for the World Cup. I'm, I'm not sure where they're sitting yeah. in qualification standings, but... If you're Iran, you're probably happy with the result. Oh, get a win. Absolutely. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right, Cody, that's been a, a big first segment. Um, when we come back, we'll do a bit of a review on what we've seen in the NBL so far now that we've had a break, and then we'll hear from Matty Knight, and we'll come back and have a look at round seven in the NBL as well. Sounds good. Okay, I'm back with Cody Ellis on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. We've had a break, obviously, for this FIBA window, Cody. So after round six of the NBL, it's a little bit of a chance to take stock on what we've seen so far. So why don't we run through each team so far, and I'll get your quick thoughts on the good and the bad that you've seen of them so Mm -hmm. far, and maybe how you expect them to go the rest of the season. Let's start. Let's go ladder order. Let's go with the Sydney Kings first. They're the defending champs. They're 7-2 and right now. Not much to not like about them, probably except their free throws, as we talked talked about last week. What do you think of their, their opening nine games? Yeah, look, start of the season, I was a little bit sceptical because of all they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
they've rubbed that right in my face, mm. and uh, which is usually what happens. <laughs> um, they're rolling right now. They're, mm. they're playing good basketball. If they went, not if, but when they clear their free throws shooting up, mm. I think they'll uh, the team to beat again as as they I think they already are. Obviously, Zave is you know being Zave, and he, I feel like he's stepped his game up again. Yeah. But you know, in terms of you know, someone that needs to step up, I don't think there's a whole lot of people. I think everyone mm. is playing their role. Yeah, pretty much perfectly for them. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't come up with anyone either. No, yeah. no. So I think uh, I think they're they're rolling right now. So this fever break probably didn't help them. No, it didn't. So, but it's, unless it helps Cooks overcome that his ankle, ankle injury. Well, yeah. that is yeah, that's probably the only thing. Mm. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he's back to some sort of health with that because we don't want to see him out for too long. No, this is a bit of a surprise probably for a lot of people that the New Zealand Breakers are in second spot. They've done a terrific job, and it's all started at. I mean, two things to me stand out: their defensive performance, but also how well they're playing as a team and how everyone's bonded there. They're six and three. They're sitting second. What have you made of them? Oh, they look like they're having fun. Mm. You know, they look like they're having fun. They're able to get back home, play in front of their fans. Not that yeah. that's helped any <laughs> no, team this no. this year, but um, I think just to be able to, you know, touch down back home, yeah. be around family and friends again, and then going back on the road, uh, refreshed mm. more than anything, I think. And um, yeah, they're they're playing really well. You know, mm. another team that I didn't think would make make too much noise this season. Mm. Defense is, is where they're hanging their hat, and it's it's good to see. And I always say that this is a defensive league, and um, they're kind of proving that right now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Again, might be a little bit of a surprise that the Cairns Taipans are the team in third spot. They're five and three. Again, they only just just got their first win on the board at home. They'd been another team terrific on the road, um, and they haven't been at full strength for the whole whole season either. But no. Adam Ford's done a done a terrific job. Yeah, Fordy's just got these guys playing hard. Keanu's just. Again, he's gone to another level, I think. And then, you know, once Tajir McCall steps back in, I think mm. he probably needs to lift a little. And yeah. Well, he needs to make sure that the team still flows the same way once yeah. he's there as well. big time, big time. He needs to be that, that point guard that, you know, makes sure things are humming and it doesn't yeah. stick in his hands too yeah. much. So that'll be a big challenge for him and, and Fordy as well, just trying to trying to reintroduce him back into the lineup. And um, But they're playing some good basketball. South East Melbourne Phoenix, another team where... You know, the difference between when they're at full strength and when they're not has been quite Massive, sig- yeah. significant, as we saw in their last game when they got hammered by Melbourne United. But then before that, they'd been playing playing so well. They're five and four. They're in fourth. Um, what, what do you think of them? Yeah, look, they're playing really well. And, you know, like you said, uh, full strength, they're as tough as any team in the league. Mitch Creek's probably playing his best basketball right now, and yeah. um, he's been um, tough to stop. Someone that's struggled to fit into their lineup is Joe Chi. Mm. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens with him. If Gee, he, I mean, the potential of him still, if he can get anywhere near 100%, yeah. it gives him that, that extra weapon that Monster. makes them very hard to stop because they've got such good shooters. Yeah. And then if you've got two post presences, I mean, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a nice bonus to have. But so far, he hasn't, yeah, hasn't quite fit, fit back in. No, he hasn't. And it's going to be interesting to see how he's gone over this couple of weeks. I know he was, was playing, but... Uh, yeah, hopefully he's he's fit and healthy and ready to go um, again this week. There's many jack jumpers. They're they're fifth. They're five and five. I when I look at that on paper, I'm surprised because I feel like they've been better than five and mm-hmm. five suggests. I know they had a bit of a slow start, but again, they just they're so competitive. They're so well coached. They're so well drilled. Um, they have a great home court atmosphere, even if they again don't win always at mm-hmm. home. It's a great place to to play. I'm sure. What have you made of their season so far? Well, they started zero and three, mm. and they've gone you know five and two since. So mm-hmm. you know that's probably why we think they should be higher right now. 
yeah, Jack Mavay's been unreal for him. Mm. He's been one of their most consistent. I think that uh, being healthy is, is a big thing for these guys because mm. they've had so many guys on the sideline. You know, we still haven't seen Will um, Magne. Um, Stein has been in a little bit, but out most of the time. Haven't seen him at all either. Yeah, it's yeah. just you know, it's it's uh, they're two of their most probably two of their four most important players. Yeah, yeah. it helps that you got weeks you're shooting three hundred percent from three point line, um, which is really good to see because yeah. he's kind of struggled with his shot in the past year or so. So it's good to see him knocking some down. Um, to get healthy is a big is big for them. I think is is going to be their major thing. And once um once that happens, I think we'll see a, a bit of a different Tassie team. Yeah, oh, those two guys make such a big difference. If you have got Clint out there, is that deadly shooter and Magne's size inside? Mm. They're still doing well in their rebound. Yeah. They're still winning their rebound counts almost every night, and they're missing their biggest player. So yeah, it'd be fascinating how those two blend back in. I think they're both getting very close. I think Clint's very close this week, and and Magne's not too far away. Melbourne United. We spoke a lot about them already. They're five and five. They're in sixth spot. They've got a new import coming. I'm interested to get your thoughts if they still make another move. We talked about it last week, and we've seen no movement there. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a rocky road for them so yeah. far. Oh, it has, and injuries have, have plagued them as well. Shea only playing a handful of games mm-hmm. and not having Hakpoti yeah. at all. Um, we heard Dean talk about if they can get to this fever break five and five, and they'd be happy. Um, they've done that. Hopefully, inserting. New big into the lineup is, is going to help them. And then, again, like we've been saying for nearly every team, health is, is so key. Yeah. So I think Rattan Mays has been unbelievable for them. Yeah. Again, probably one of their most consistent, especially with Shea being sidelined. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tucker is probably the one that needs to lift. I think uh, you know he came in with, with all the talk and mm. he has been better with his energy, but yeah. I think he needs to start putting some numbers up. Do you think we'd judge him differently if he didn't come out and say he's going to Probably. be the best new import? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, for sure. You know, if you if you come in saying that, you've got to be able to back it up. Um, so, yeah, I think, like I said, he's, his energy's been a lot better and I think mm. that he's starting to get it, but he needs to start putting some numbers up. Both Wildcats, they're four and five in seventh spot, but as we talked about last week, that looks a lot better than what three and six would have looked yeah. on a six-game six losing streak. So where do you think they're sitting right now? Uh... Considering the way they've been playing, they'd be happy with it because mm. they haven't really showed what they can do yet. Mm. I think that they've kind of been playing a little bit lacklustre, which is, again, odd for a Wildcats team. Rebounding's been a big issue yes. for them, um, and they've won one rebound count, won that game, mm. right? Yep. And then defensive energy, I think, is a big thing for them um, because they've kind of lost that bite on that end of the floor that we're used to seeing from a Perth Wildcats team. But once they get firing all cylinders, they'll be just as good as any team again. And I think this two-week break couldn't have come sooner for them. And uh, they would have embraced it, probably had some time off and and got back on the court and tried to fix some things. And it'd be interesting to see how they they step up this week. Adelaide 36ers, uh, they're a fascinating story, Cody. And... Ignore what you're reading in front of you because they're not seven and three. <laughs> yeah. That's my mistake. They're three and four. Three and four. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with what happened with Randall, changes things significantly. Um, what do we see from them moving forward? The game that they had without Randall, I thought, was their best game of the it year. Was. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they go moving forward. If that was, you know, a bit of an anomaly, or if if they continue to focus on their bigs in in Franks and DJ, because I think those two need to be the main focal points for that team. And especially with Randall out now, who was 
their main scoring punch, mm. I think it's it's uh, it should be looking up for them because mm. um, they've got again even with Randall out they've got so much talent that they shouldn't be sitting where they're sitting. Brisbane Bullets, yeah. they're, they're three and five and it looks ugly, but they were zero and five. Remember, yes. so, so it looks a lot better than it was. Baines and Sobey are their two superstars that they rely on. Be nice to see Baines play more minutes, but he's still playing well when he's playing. Sobey's now getting back to what we expect from him. Yeah, now that he's healthier. Um, they're a fascinating story because I, I I don't know if they're going to make a move because this would have been a time to bring in a new mm-hmm. import. They haven't. What do you think? Yeah, tough one because again, the team's just loaded with talent, but lots of that talent coming back from long stints on the sideline. So it, it's it's tough for them. I think uh, you know Bainesy and Sobes are both starting to click a bit more. And again, this is probably that two-week window that couldn't have come sooner for them as well and a bit of rest under their belt, but also just more of the ball in their hand and out on the training track and, mm. and getting after it a bit probably has done them the world of good. In terms of adding someone, I thought they might make a move for sure, mm. um, but they obviously haven't. So they're happy with the lineup they've got yeah. for now and I probably would be too if, if everyone was firing. So hopefully uh, hopefully we see them lift a bit in this uh, next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, they've only got one import, but I think in terms of talent levels, Sobey and Baines are import level oh, absolutely. players. So yeah. you don't necessarily need more talent unless there's a glaring weakness, which I think I think the point you made last week about a three or a four, a guy that gives them that added size and athleticism might be an area, but yeah, I mean, they've got enough talent to work with. Illawarra Hawks. No movement there, so they're sticking with George King. Um, we'll wait and see if that's the right thing. I still think, again, Sam Frawley needs more help up, up front. They're 1-8. and eight. I've asked you this question before this season. Do you see any hope for them? Not really right now. It's uh, it's It's got to be tough because they just, they are, they're missing a piece or two. And I don't think it's really through too much lack of effort yeah. on, their, on the players' half because... I do feel like that they're trying um, and they're out there playing hard, but just sloppy turnovers and can't take care of it. Rebounding's been an issue. Mm. Like It's just all these little things that are piling up and, and one and eight doesn't look good. Mm. And it, I know it doesn't feel good. Mm. So I just can't help but think that a guy with a big body who rebounds, defends and sets screens could make the world of difference on this team. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, like you said, Helping Froling out, you know he he hasn't been able to put up numbers at all, and I've probably been a bit more harsh on him than yeah. he probably deserves because he doesn't really have a whole lot of help there. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting they've gone with all the, the import guards, and mm-hmm. it's they do they need they need a big that can light some people up on screens yeah. and go after it, get some boards for them. And how good would Harvey and Siva be if they had someone setting screens for yeah, them? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it sucks. It's frustrating to watch. Mm. It is very frustrating to watch. So be interesting to see how they come out after this break. Okay, Cody, before we get to Matty Knight, um, I'm going to play back or read back to you your predictions preseason mm-hmm. and tell me after six rounds what you would change. So your championship pick was the Adelaide 36ers. Are you sticking with that? Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, look, as of right now, you, you'd probably say the Kings, mm-hmm. um, but I think, New Zealand is uh, is is very close behind sure. in my books. Now I'm going to do the same thing to Matty Knight, so I'm not just putting you under <laughs> yeah, the spotlight. Yeah. So I'll I'll hold him to his predictions as well shortly. Your top six: you had Adelaide, Perth, Brisbane, Tasmania, Sydney, and Melbourne. How many of those would you change right now? Jeez, yeah, probably a couple. Probably a couple. Look, I 
it's a, it's a tough one. With the six, it's it makes it so hard because mm. um, I think probably four, five, and six is going to be up for grabs. Well, let, let, let me get you a, get a yes or no, Adelaide. I think they do. I think they turn around with Randall out. Yep. Perth. Yep. Brisbane. No. Tasmania. Yes. Sydney. Yes. Melbourne. They're kind of on that. Ah, oh, they haven't really figured it out. Um, mm. I'm going to say no. Okay, so you got two spots to fill. Would you fill it with Cairns, Southeast Melbourne, or I don't think it's worth even asking, Illawarra, <laughs> or New Zealand? Yeah, it's obviously New Zealand. If you're New Zealand, yeah, yeah New Zealand is is an obvious choice. Um, Cairns or Southeast Melbourne? It's going to depend on who stays healthy. Sure. Who stays healthy? I'm going to go with Cairns. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to even ever repeat again who I predicted for MVP. You had Bryce Cotton. Would yeah. you stick with that now? No. He's, he's been doing Bryce things, but he's kind of he's not really been too standout-ish. I think, I think if you picked it right now, it would be Mitch Creek. Yep. Uh, Mitch Creek or probably Zave, yep. I think, with, with Keanu nipping at their heels. Yeah, I think I'd have those as my top three. Do you remember who I picked? You would have gone with Craig Randall, did you? No, close. Very close, though. I, w- I went for Ray John Tucker. Oh, yeah. Now, we, <laughs> <laughs> now, we thought Rayan Rupert was a lock for Rookie of the Year. Like we talked about last week, we probably don't see him again. Who, no. would, you, who would you pick now for that? Ah, uh, Wardenberg. Yeah. I think he's hands down. A, he's getting majority of, of the minutes yeah. out of anyone, and he is having an impact for them. I agree. This defensive play is an interesting one. You went Justin Simon. Would you still go with him? I'm not sure. It's it's been a tough one. Um, it's it's kind of been all over the place because we've seen a lot more team defense this year. I think mm. Simon's been good. Cleveland's been good. Yeah, look, I'm uh, this one's a tough one for me to pick. So mm. I'm not. I I don't really have a new pick for you. Mm. Yeah, I, I'd I'd say yeah. Look, I'll, I'll stick with it. Yep. I'll stick with it because they've been good. I find it tough too. I don't. We have, don't have a standout. I don't no. think. I'm leaning towards Derek Pardon yeah. if I had to pick someone now. Um, Coach of the year. You went to CJ Bruden. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would stick with him now, but no. I think if he can turn this team around and get them to the finals, you might go back to him at the end of the season. Yeah. But who would you go with now? Modi from New Zealand for yeah. sure. I think just the way that he's turned that team around and has them playing. But again, you know, a guy like Forty who has turned Cairns back around again mm-hmm. and is is shot them straight back up the ladder and, and how he's got them playing, I think, are probably the two that stand out for me. Most improved. This was a tough one to pick pre-season because you don't know the role someone's going to play. So we yeah. both went for Tanner Krebs. Yeah. I don't think we would now. No. Who would you pick right now? Well, Tanner just hasn't really gotten the opportunity. Mm. Um, I think especially early in the season, he did well with the minutes he was getting, but yeah. he just wasn't really playing a whole lot. You'd, you'd probably say Keanu again. Oh, yeah. Um He's taken that leap again, and it's um, wicked to see. Uh, so I think he's probably the one that stands out. The things you were looking forward to seeing or the questions you had for the season, how the Wildcats would go under John Reilly? What, what answers do you have so far? Uh, very up and down. Mm. Um, I think that they are struggling a bit. They are struggling a bit. and It's just you know little bits and pieces that they've got to clean up and, and they'll be fine. Um, so... You know, I think it's it's a tough one because it's really it's more on the players right now mm. and, and their effort defensively and, and on the boards. And 
look, I don't think they're at where I thought they'd be at. Um, so they've certainly got some work to do. You're also excited to see Aaron Baines back in the league, and we just spoke about him earlier, and, and he's come back at the Bullets. Before we get to Matty Knight, who would your all-first team be right now, Cody? Oh, it's a tough one. You'd have to go with... Yeah. That's not be limited to what the NBL does with the... I think they go the three outside, two inside. Two inside, I yeah, like going man. position by position. So why don't we go point guard? Yeah, point guard, Ratan Mays has been probably one of the better point guards around the league. Mm. And we're probably going to have <laughs> an identical team here, to be honest <laughs> with you. Because um, there's been a few standouts, but you know there's, there's been guys that have been up and down. Mm. Um, I think Walton, we thought, was going to be, after his first couple of games, mm. was, was going to be MVP contention. But mm. he kind of fell away a little mm. bit. But Rattan Mays has probably been the most consistent. What about your two guard? Bryce has, again, just been Bryce. But we still, I don't think, have seen him at 100% yet. Yeah. You know, he's, he's had games where he's been unbelievable in the first half and then just kind of fallen away because he um, hasn't had a whole lot of help. So once, once his teammates start firing, mm-hmm. I think we'll see um, him lift his game again. Maybe I'm going against a little bit of what I, I said position by position because maybe he's not spending much time at the three spot, this guy. But why don't we just go the your, your other three? Who are the other three that you would put in there? We go Pinder and Zave. Mm. Um, probably is your four or five. And then the guy that I thought is probably the MVP mm. right now in Creaky. You're right. He doesn't play much three. He's, mm. he's more of that four man. He's even moved to the five at times yeah, yeah. Um, just because he's strong enough to be able to guard those bigs. But... um. <sighs> It's it's a tough one. It, it's it's hard to pick after you know only a handful of games, mm. and um, there hasn't really been too many standout consistent players, and that's mainly due to injury throughout the whole league. So, which is which is never fun to see. Yeah, so. I think last last season Adams and Cotton were so far ahead of everyone else. I yeah. think in the MVP Big race. Time. But I don't think we've got the same the same thing this year. No, it's wide open, I think. I think whoever can stay the healthiest mm. for the longest will we'll have a fair crack, especially in this five. All right, Cody, let's get to Matty Knight and I'll get his thoughts on everything going on and then we'll come back and wrap things up. Perfect. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle with the one and only Matty Knight, the Nightmare, the three-time NBL champion, the best pal forward of his generation. Matty, how did you handle the week off without any NBL action? I don't know, it was a, a quiet week. Um, better watch some basketball with nothing really on. So, <laughs> you no, know, um, obviously the Boomers only had the one game as well, so it's been a very quiet week. It has been. Um What's caught your eye? I think we're all expecting a lot of movement over the FIBA break, and we thought some teams were probably waiting for that break to, to make make their moves. We haven't seen that that many. Obviously, we saw Craig Randall leave the Adelaide 36ers, and you know we're expecting you know Jordan Caroline to leave Melbourne United, and I guess before the break, Devondrick Walker moved on from the Brisbane Bullets, but we haven't seen much else apart from that. It's been actually pretty quiet on the, on the news front. Yeah, it's been quiet. Um... Yeah, actually quiet. I thought there would have been a couple of more changes, but no, teams are obviously backing in the talent they have. Obviously, the Caroline one, it was only a matter of when, mm. um, but it looks like they've upgraded to a, a big rim protector, probably what they need. So they've got enough scorers, but that's what they've lacked is that inside rim protector. So I think uh, Melbourne's probably got better. Adelaide's upgraded the, a DP to a roster spot, so... 
I'm guessing they're backing themselves in as well with the talent they have. Um, obviously, Randall probably wasn't the right fit for that team. He, um, the game you missed is probably the best the Bulls moved. So, um, and then yeah, Devondrick left Brisbane, but uh, they haven't even announced a new uh, import mm-hmm. coming in. So, I'm guessing they're backing the talent they have as well. So, no, it's actually quite a quite two weeks. Yeah, it has been, and you would think if anyone's bringing anyone new in, especially for the resumption of the action, they're not going to get here in time for this week. So, yeah, it's been a little bit a little bit strange, but um. I want to get your quick thoughts on the Boomers situation. They obviously played in Kazakhstan on Friday night, had a good win, and were meant to go to Iran on, on Monday. But it's it's hard when, when your own government's telling you not to visit a country, it's pretty hard to make a strong case to go against the, that advice and still travel in there. What did, you, what did you make of the Boomers not going to Iran to play that second game? And what would have you done in that situation? Would have you been pretty hesitant to, to go? Oh, definitely you would have been hesitant, especially what's happening over there. And especially the Australian government telling you not to go. They obviously know the full extent of what's happening over there. So player safety always comes first. You don't want to put any safety, the player safety in jeopardy in any way. So I think the right decision was made. They've already qualified for the World Cup. Yep. Um, they got the job done in Kazakhstan. And obviously they would have probably enjoyed having another game, but I'm sure they're pretty players are safe, uh, happy to be home safely. Yeah, I'm sure you much prefer to be safe. And I mean, you've experienced being overseas, and you know you travelled with Boomers teams, and you spent that that season in in Hungary. I mean, it's a different world across Europe and a lot of the world. You just you just can't take any risks, can you? When you just to play a game of basketball. Oh, exactly. In this day and age, um, yeah, with what's happening in the world, the world has become quite unsafe. So if you don't have to go, then probably the right decision especially like you said it's just for a game of basketball there's more to life than basketball and I'm sure all the players love representing Australia but I'd say the same thing it's just a game and their safety would come first it would be quite ridiculous if there's any sanctions wouldn't there from FIBA towards Basketball Australia I mean if if the Australian government's telling them not to go I mean you can't you can't sanction the team surely no I I highly doubt it Um, obviously FIBA has to look at the bigger picture and like I mentioned, player safety is the most important thing. And even if they do, I'm sure Basketball Australia are aware of those sanctions because yeah. they know the players are safe and they haven't put them in jeopardy. Now, the few times we spoke leading into this break, Matty, we, I think we, we all kind of came to the same conclusion that as much as we hoped that Brady Manning would find his feet at the Perth Wildcats, we thought that they pretty much had no choice to make the call on him during this fever break. And that was, I think we, we, when you co-hosted the episode with me, I think we said that unless he does something remarkable in the in the time in between, and that's what he did in that game in, in Adelaide. I mean, what did you make of him actually actually stepping up to play that match-winning role? And do you think that had, just has to lock him in now for the, the rest of the season? Well, listening to uh, what uh, JR's saying, that he's back the team in. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, having a game like that helps, but... Um, I still think it's great he's getting the ball offensively, but you got to play, in basketball you got to play both ways, and I still think he's a huge liability on the defensive end. Why he's scoring, he's still giving up points. So, and I think that's where teams are really attacking. Perth is in that four and five spot. So you look at all the other teams that they've got athletic four men yep. and some big guys in the five spot. You got the Baines, obviously Melbourne United bringing this new guy who's a rim protector. Yep. It's something Perth don't really have right now. And, once again, the rebounding count. Like you've got to win it. If you want to win games, that's what we used to always talk about. And you always hear Damo talk about it. If you win the rebounding count, it gives you a good chance to win the game. 
So you would still consider making that move if you were the Wildcats, or I mean, it looks like they're not making the move. But if you were making the decision, you would you would consider trying to make a move. Oh, you definitely can looking at what's out there. Yeah. Um, you're seeing a lot of Euro teams now starting to cut players and um, replace players. So you definitely having to have have to have a look. Um, well, they played ten games and he's had what one good game, so. He'd obviously be looking, and I'm sure they were, but obviously he probably saved himself in that Adelaide game. But uh, JR is very adamant that they've got the right pieces to win a championship. So yeah. he's with them. He's with them every day. So he's got the belief, and the coach has to have that. But I'm sure they had to have a look to see what's out there. Yeah, I mean, you would think so. And like you said, one one game doesn't make a season. He needs to now back it up. If he can play like that every night, I mean, he's he, he he's more than earned his keep, but, you know, he has to prove that he can do it more well, often than now. He's got, he's got Mitch Creek coming here on Thursday night, so who's in MVP form. So you know Simon Mitch is going to look to attack that four spot. Yeah. And when I was reading an article with Manic, Thomas and Bryce on the court, the, the plus minus is the worst in the league by far. Wow. So, and it's, when Jesse comes on, it's one of the best. So it shows you that he's not really uh, contributing on the defensive end. Teams are going to continue to attack that. Fascinating point. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, if you're guarding someone in the four spot, Mitch, Mitch Creek is your is your biggest challenge right now. So we'll we'll learn a lot more on Thursday night. Um, before we look back on some of your predictions, Maddie, and and some of your award winners that you might give after round six. Um, what did you make of the Craig Randall situation in, in Adelaide? It obviously blew up at the end, and I think the last straw was when he he just didn't handle the fact that CJ Bruton asked him to come off the bench in that game against Perth after he missed the game two days before and the team played played so well. I mean, there was a lot of other things leading up to that. I think that was the, the final straw. I mean, did they make the right call on him? I, I think they did. <laughs> if you don't respect your coach and your teammates, well, basketball's a team sport, so um, you can't be an individual and Unfortunately, it came to a head after being asked to come off the bench, and I'm sure it would have been for only one game, but he's got to realise the way they played two nights before mm-hmm. was probably some of the best basketball they've played. So it really shows you his mentality that's all about himself, and yep. um, you can't do that in basketball. And apparently, it was in the same G League, he's very uncoachable. Yeah. And he felt like he wasn't really invested in the team. He's always by himself in timeouts and see other players trying to talk to him. And he just didn't really respect respect the players and definitely didn't respect the coach after what what after CJ asked him to come off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, we caught up with Scott Ninnis last week as well and I asked him the question, what was your first reaction when you heard the news? And he just said, Happiness. And if, if Scott Ninnis is saying that, as Adelaide born and bred a person as you can find and as someone as passionate as the thirty sixes as you can find, then that's a pretty good sign of the way things were. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of relief around Adelaide. Yeah, that the elephant in the room is now gone, so they can just come out and play. And they've put themselves in a hole, so they're going to have to turn around quite quickly because you can't lose too many more games. Mm. Otherwise, you'll be uh, languishing down the bottom two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we thought so much of them coming into the season, but... You know, they're, they're a long way off the pace right now and they've got a lot of work to do. So speaking of that, Matty, before the season started, we all gave our predictions and, and talked about what we thought might happen this season. It's fair to say some of us were further off the mark than others and I looked down my predictions and I, I don't know if I knew what I was talking about. I look at my MVP selection and I'm actually pretty embarrassed, Matty. So I, I had Ray John Tucker as my MVP. So I don't think... You've played his own height, mate. <laughs> oh. Well, listen to his interview and said he's the best yeah. player. Yeah. you follow 
I, I, I bought into that and I am quite embarrassed right now. So nothing that you predicted is worse than what I said, Maddie. So let's go through what you thought at the start of the season and if you might change your mind about any of them six weeks in. So your championship prediction was the Brisbane Bullets. Who would you say would win the championship right now? I think it's Sydney's to lose right now. Um, obviously, Cooks with the ankle injury, but he's had a couple of weeks to really get some rehab into it. But I think they've got too many weapons. And what they did to New Zealand over in New Zealand for the break shows you that it's there to lose. Yeah, oh, tough, tough to argue with that at all. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, Sydney's almost sort of a dollar two favourites right now. I think they're, they're that that far ahead. Your top six: you had Brisbane, Adelaide, Sydney, Perth, South East Melbourne, and Melbourne. How many of those would you change out right now? Right now, I'd probably take Brisbane out for Tassie. Yep. And uh, I'm hoping Adelaide turns around. Mm. They should. I, I, I still think they're a chance. If they Even if they don't get an import who dominates, they've still got enough talent. Oh, they proved they do with what they did to Illawarra. Yep, Obviously, yep. it's Illawarra, but the way that ball moved, like, they play like that. But they're going to buy in the defensive end. That's their main issue. If you're not going to play defense, no. then they're not going to make finals. But surely uh, they've had the break, reassess where they're at, and uh, hopefully they come out and um, show what they can actually do. Are you pretty happy? Just swap Brisbane for Tassie, and you're happy with that top six? Yeah, I think South East is going to play some good basketball. I reckon Perth will sneak into the playing game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm quite. I'm taking Melbourne out. Melbourne out? Maybe. What do you reckon? New Zealand, possibly, or Cairns, maybe. Yeah, I reckon Cairns, Cairns for Melbourne, and Tassie for Brisbane. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty pretty spot on. Your MVP, I, I I like your selection. I just feel like if he played six more minutes a game, he might be more of a chance. You had Aaron Baines, and he's playing well, but it's, it's tough when you're only playing 23 minutes a night. Yeah, no, I didn't realise that he's probably not going to play a lot. I don't think they really use him the right way. Mm. Um, when they do use him in the right position, he, he's unstoppable. But, yeah, no, I, I think I'd have to change my pick on that one. Who would you go with? Top of your leaderboard in your votes is Derek Walden. Would you have... Would you have him or somebody else? I think Mitch Creek. Yep. Um, he, he's starting to find himself into some really good form and he's got some good players around him now. So, yeah, he's uh, he's probably one of the hardest four men to guard in the league right now. Very athletic, very quick, get to the basket and improve his outside shot. So, yeah. But I'm, I've got um, Keanu coming in a tight mm-hmm. second. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, either of them would be fantastic. Rookie of the year. I I I think you're spot on the money right now. I think this guy would be almost a runaway runaway leader. You had Dan Waldenberg from the Taipans. Would you be sticking with him? Yeah, I think so. But I think the young kid down in Tasmania, McDonald. Yeah, he, he's come out and he's got Scott Roth full trust. Um, he's shooting the ball he, so well, isn't he? Shooting the ball unbelievably, and he's coming in. He's playing some big moments, so it shows you the team really believes in him. So I'm still going with my pick, but I think he'll be getting some votes down in Tassie. Yeah, yep, yeah, I, I agree. Unfortunately, my pick, Rayon Rupert, I'm not sure we're going to see him again. So that's not going to <laughs> not going to pay off. Um, best defensive player, you and Antonius Cleveland. Would you stick with him now, or would you would you have somebody else in mind? Oh, this is a tough one. He, he was known for his defense, but he probably hasn't been on the same level he has been. Oh, I'm going to stay with it and rough outsider, but yep. yeah, no, I think he's got to pick it up. He's not the same defensive player he was last year. I don't know if that's because they're giving up too many points, or mm. he doesn't have the same players around him as he did last year in the Aurora. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one because both both him and Sunday Detch are such well known defenders, but that team is so poor defensively right now. So it's it's a it's a tricky one. Coach of the year, three of three of our four tipsters here went CJ Bruden. You were one of them. Who would you go with right now if you had to pick? Adam Ford yep. by far. Yep, what he's done up there is unbelievable. Yeah, I think most people had the bottom of the ladder picking all kids and whatnot. No, he's both. Oh, even sorry, Forty and uh, the New Zealand coach. Yeah. I, I think it's between those two as well. Neck and neck between you can just see their the players love playing for their coach. They're having fun, and the coach has got their back. Like Forty will wear a check south these boys yep. to show that he's got their back. And as a player, that's what you want to see. And same for New Zealand. Energy on the sidelines contagious, and they're playing some really good basketball. So I reckon it's a toss up between Forty and uh, Moses. Yep. I agree, but I, I think if CJ can turn this thing around in Adelaide after what they went through with Randall, I, I wouldn't really mind. If he gets them into the final still, I think that's a pretty good effort. So we'll we'll wait and see. Most improved player. You went for Ben Eyre. Um, when he's played, he's played really well. The last game they played when McCall and Mirko Jerick and a couple of others were out, he played a lot of minutes, played really well in that big win against Melbourne United, but then there's been some games he hasn't played at all. Um, you might go for, yeah. You might go for one of his teammates right now, would you? Yeah, no, <laughs> I thought after the play he had last year and probably thinking Cairns might be a, a struggle, but he might get more minutes. But uh, I'm going to go one of his teammates and Bull Cole. Mm. No, great call. Um, yeah, I think he can really um, turn it around. It. Yeah, I think the way he's playing right now, he can do it offensively and defensively. So I'm going to keep it up in the Cairns area yep. anyway. Yeah, I think Pinter's got to be in the mix as well. Oh, true, yeah. He could even go to double, most okay. improvement MVP. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely could. All right, you had two th- two big questions you had coming into the season as well, Matty. I want to see how you think, what sort of answers you've got for them so far. Your first one was, can Tasmania back it up? I think probably the answer is yes right now. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> the way they're playing right now, obviously, probably gave up too big a lead against Brisbane in their last game, but the way they fought back, and um, they got some big scouts, but once again, if you have a great culture, players all believe in it and play for one another, the results will be there. And I think they'll be there come probably one of the last two, three teams in the competition come the end of the year. Absolutely. Um, and your other one was, can Adelaide and Brisbane live up to the hype? You have to say no right now. Definitely. I think they're what? Second last, third last? Yep. <laughs> so... I think Adelaide probably got a little ahead of themselves. Obviously, a huge win against Phoenix Suns, but I reckon they've believed the hype and whatnot, mm-hmm. and it hasn't. They haven't brought that same energy back to the NBL, so they're probably one of the most disappointing teams right now. And then yeah, Brisbane. A, a lot of a lot of good players on that team and the recruiting, but once again, um, they've underperformed and. Those two teams are going to have to have a second big half of the season if they want to play finals basketball. No, no, for sure. Right now, there it's hard to it's hard to see them breaking into that into that mix. I mean, Adelaide three and four, Brisbane three and five, and yeah, they got a lot of work to do. Um, now, before I let you go, Maddie, your old your old teammate, the scoring machine, his numbers going to finally end up at the rafters there at RAC Arena. What was your reaction when you when you heard the news? I think it was only a matter of time when it was going to happen. Obviously, the career he had at Perth and what he meant for Perth Wildcats was it six straight MVP, club MVPs, um, scoring machine. Yeah, it was only a matter of time when his number went to the to the rafters and it's very well deserved. Yeah, he, he breathed 
Perth Wildcat basketball, and um, he had a fantastic career over here. So it's a huge reward for all his time and effort he gave, especially after coming back from that horrific hip injury where many thought his career was done. So shows the type of guy Sean is, and um, no, I'm so happy for him. What was he like as a teammate? You you started your career playing against him, and I don't think you'll find anybody that enjoyed playing playing against him. But when you became his teammate, how different did you find him? And I mean, did anything surprise you about actually getting to know him as a person, as a teammate? The thing with Sean is, Sean is who Sean is. He doesn't change for anyone. He doesn't care who you are. Yep. Sean is Sean. So what you see is what you get. Um, obviously playing against him, he was, he was the most frustrating player to play against. He just never knew what he would do. <laughs> I don't think he even knew what he was going to do mm-hmm. half the time. But no, as a teammate, he's a fantastic teammate. He, um, his preparation for games was first class. The way he took care of his body, watching film, everything like that. Getting the work done before, after practice. He's normally one of the first on and last to leave. Um, he showed you how to be a, a true professional. And that's something I probably learned from him is, what it takes to make it to become a, a good, a great player in this league. Yeah, I agree. And I, you mentioned his injury before. I, I have my doubts that anybody else could have made it back from that. I mean, he was told he would never, he'd be lucky to walk again, let alone play basketball again. But he was the first person there for your first preseason training than the start of the of the next season. I don't think anyone else could have done what he did to come back from that. No, and the the, the time he came back for it yeah. too was unbelievable. Like, like you said. Of doctors and that was saying he would never walk again. And first day of pre-season, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. So he, like I said, he's the ultimate professional. He would have done more than was required in his rehab. And that's why he got back onto the court. And Sean doesn't take no for an answer. Mm. If you tell him he can't do something, he's going to prove you right that he can. And that's the type of guy he is. And yeah, I'm, mostly, I'm so happy for him to see that number hanging from the rafters. Yep, it's it's a it's a great great thing they they're doing. I look forward to the the ceremony when it happens. I think on his forty second birthday they they've scheduled it in. So we look forward to that. And thanks again, Matty, for joining us. And let's catch up again next week. And we'll get your get your votes after we see what happens in in round seven. Sounds good, Parky. Okay, back on Hoop Seven's basketball hustle. Thank you to Matty Knight for his thoughts there on on a lot of things. Some good recollections of his time with Sean Redditch there, Cody, and some thoughts on the league. I liked his comments on Craig Randall at in, in Adelaide as well. And he's always opinionated on the Perth Wildcats. <laughs> is is his Matty and we we felt like Brady Manning had to be locked in after his performance. Matty still feels like he sees some areas there, especially defensively, that he feels like the Wildcats still could upgrade on. Mm-hmm. Um, are you pretty locked in on Brady staying there? Look, I think. I think if they were going to make a move, they would have already. Mm. Um, but look, I think his concerns are very valid. I think that he is one of those guys that teams tend to go at right now. Mm. So I think he needs to lift on that end of the floor and he needs to, to be more of a presence on the boards. After having a game like he did, seeing the ball go through, mm. I think that'll do a world of, world of good for his confidence on the offensive end. But I do think he needs to lift. Uh, Again, on the he still only had three rebounds, I think, in that yeah. game, though, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he needs to lift there, and I think yeah. for for him to be a real impact for the team, uh, that's that's certainly the areas he needs to improve. No bigger challenge than what he faces on Thursday night. So I'll get to that yeah. shortly. Firstly, on Thursday though, as the NBL season resumes, Cody, Melbourne United and the Adelaide Thirty Sixers, both without an import right now, because the Thirty Sixers no Randall and. Marcus Lee won't be there in time for Melbourne. Yep. I don't even know where you start trying to predict this one. No, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And, you know, if Adelaide come out like they did 
when they played without Randall, then they'll be just fine. I think they need to have that sole focus around the bigs because realistically, it's it's going to be tough to guard Franks and DJ. Yeah. So I think they're going to be a bit of a handful, and I, I think they get this one done. And then we've got the Perth Wildcats and the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah. Do the Wildcats turn things around at home, or do the Phoenix go to Perth and do it again? This is always always a good game between yeah. these two. Um, oh, it's a bit of a toss of the coin for this one. I think the Phoenix have had some success here, mm-hmm. but the Cats really need to get a home win. <laughs> they can't lose again at home, can no, they? No, surely Nine not. of the last 13. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's wild. It is wild. Uh, I Especially just, for you, because you, what do you reckon? One of 20 you went through? Oh, yeah, yeah, if I was lucky, yeah, exactly. So it, uh, it wasn't a place that I had too much <laughs> success, mate. Like most teams when I was playing. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, look, I think if the Phoenix are healthy, I think they get that one. Friday night, Tasmania Jack Jumpers and New Zealand Breakers. <laughs> Two of the best defensive teams in the league, um, but I think New Zealand's just got too much firepower for them. Mm. You know, we, we saw the last time these two played, it was an absolute grind. And then... First at 70 almost. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but it was late that New Zealand just kind of yeah. broke away because they had more of a scoring punch. Yeah. And I think that will uh, will happen again. Two on Saturday. Another throwdown. So the South East Melbourne Phoenix straight back from Perth and Melbourne United, who would have played Thursday night as well. But, yeah. no, but no travel. No travel. Yeah. So tough one with Phoenix traveling. I think I think Melbourne switch it on there. Yeah, look, again, another game that's it's always a good one with the with little Melbourne rivalry they got going on. So I, I think Melbourne not having to travel does help. Sunshine Stoush next up on Saturday, first time for the season. Yep. Feels like it's a bit, I don't know, feels like forever that we've seen these two teams almost. It Brisbane does. Bullets against the Cairns Taipans. Yeah. Cairns don't really have someone that can guard Bainesy. Yeah. Strength-wise, yep. I think Kiana will do a heck of a job on him because he's more agile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I can't see Brisbane running with Cairns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, I think Cairns get that one purely just getting out in transition. I yep. think is going to be their big thing. And on Sunday to wrap up this round, New Zealand Breakers and the Adelaide Thirty Sixes. Yeah, look, another another game that should be a good game. I think I think New Zealand gets this one purely. From the defensive end, I think Adelaide right now hasn't really found their identity on that mm. side of the floor, and they just look to outscore you. So I think New Zealand, with the way they play D and the way they can still put points on the board, I think they get that one. In the last game, your two former teams, hey. Sydney, Sydney Kings and the Illawarra Hawks, yeah. top against bottom. Yeah, look, Sydney win this one fairly handily, you'd expect. But I'm hoping Illawarra comes out with... You know, just ridiculous energy. I think oh, that's they have to, don't they? It's the only way they're going to start winning games is if mm. they out hustle teams, if they play the way the Jack Jumpers play. That's mm. the only only way they're really going to be able to win um, that and take care of the, the ball because yes. <laughs> uh, it's it's been fairly sloppy. But um, yeah, look, I think uh, Kings win that fairly handily. Yeah, I'm almost scared to think about how it might pan out. So let's hope the Hawks can put up a fight. All right, Cody, it's been a big show. Thank you to Hoop Seven for making it possible. Thanks to Matty Knight for joining us as well. Thank you, Cody, for joining me. Um, We'll come back next week and wrap it all up, and we'll catch up with the scoring machine later this week as well. I'm Chris Pike. I'll sign off, and I don't know where you want to leave with your final thoughts, Cody, but what's on your mind? Oh, too many things, mate. Too many (laughs) things. But, uh, look, uh, I think we'll finish it with uh, happy to have NBL back and uh, looking forward to some good games this weekend.